It's just after 8 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rabapudi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRlaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub with three locations. One on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the Strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non-invasive scan today for peace of mind. Visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. All right, KT, live in the Catbird seat over here. PSBR Law Studios in Las Vegas. PSBR Law, the best in personal injury, longtime SoCal. Right now, year number four here in the Vegas Valley. Strength by your side. The relentless pursuit of justice is Panis, Shea Boyle, and Ravaputi PSBR Law. You may not need that number now, but you may need it in the future, so jot it down. You got the 702 area code for Vegas, 830-9353, 830-9353, And Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays right here, PSBR Law Studios. Of course, tomorrow night back at Steiner's Pub. Big announcement tomorrow on the show. Mark Lawrence making it out to Vegas. He'll be there. Andy Isco will be there. And uh, one of Mark's other good friends, another real solid handicapper. And I've got that name somewhere in my text, but uh, did not look at that. And Colleen, his wife, they're all going to make it out to Steiner. So we encourage you to do that as well. Three in the Vegas Valley to serve you. 1750 North Buffalo is where KT will be tomorrow night as he is pretty much every Wednesday. But that may sh- that may switch. We may uh, shift around. Uh, to the different Steiner's Pub locations, working on that potentially with Roger Sachs, and we'll see how all that goes. Probably not going to have any uh, Oriole Magic music, but YKT was gone and over the weekend. How about those O's, man? 29 games over 500 on the short end of a 7-0 score after four in San Diego tonight. But uh, nonetheless, this team just playing outstanding baseball and a nice four-game lead in the loss column going into tonight in the ALE. So we'll get into baseball. Producer Mark Hoke, of course, the big Orioles fan. He is here on the other side of the glass in the studio. Pete Arbogast is going to join me in just uh, a minute or two. We're going to have the voice of USC football come on and talk some stuff with us and uh, looking forward to that. Hour number two, my good pal Kevin Bollinger. The sports anchor there, Fox 5 in Vegas. KB will uh, go over some Raider stuff, some goings-on. KT taking in the game. Boy, that was fun. I mean, can that just be like a regular season, regular-type game for the Raiders here in Vegas? That'll be a lot of fun, man. 34-7, to they blew out uh, the 49ers, and that was a lot of fun, taking care of business in a big way. Real quick before we get with uh, Pete Arbogast, let me just run down some of the scores on some of the games that are going on. I'll get into the Richard Badge and Finley Toyota out-of-town scoreboard in detail. Arizona's come back now and taking a 6-5 lead, top nine in Colorado. one nothing Milwaukee, early lead on the Dodgers. In fact, that's bottom five. So if you have the uh, Brew Crew first five right now, we'll let you know if that holds up. Hauser and Miller in that one. So a good pitching duel going there. 8-5 to five, Seattle 
on top of Kansas City. That is bottom nine, so the Mariners trying to get back on the win track after losing a lead in the bottom of the ninth last night after coming back with a big top of the ninth to get that lead. Meanwhile, interleague play, 7 nothing Padres over Baltimore. We talked about that top five and one nothing San Francisco with the lead at home against Tampa Bay as they lead the Rays, and we'll get into the uh, Wander Franco stuff a little bit later. One-game WNBA. And kind of a surprise here for you uh, Las Vegas Aces fans here in the Vegas Valley. Last year, of course, taking care of business as far as winning the WNBA title. They won the first game against New York earlier this year. Then the last game, that was in Vegas, then the last game in New York, they got blistered big time by 34, I think, something like that. I mean, just blown out of the water. So you anticipate them coming back here. In fact, Anthony Pepe from the Diehards texted me, KT, that's a bad line. Las Vegas only minus seven. What's up? I go, ah, I got respect for the Liberty. Brianna Stewart, Inescu. I mean, I'm not going to touch it. I'll just watch it. Vegas had a two-point lead at halftime. Final score, New York 82, Las Vegas 63. Talk about turning out the lights in the second half. A little uh, French gal came off the bench there for the New York Liberty and had five of seven from downtown, and uh, that really ignited the Liberty to their second straight big-time win over Las Vegas. So all of a sudden, the defending champion, still a two-game lead in the WNBA, only one division now, but uh, New York getting the last two, and they have one more, and I believe that's also here in Vegas. Kind of weird the way it works out. I believe it's three of the four games in the regular season are going to be played in Las Vegas, but I will check that just to make sure. Right now, it's time to talk college football. You know it's right around the corner, and one of my favorite people in the world, of course, KT being a USC fan, so I'm a little bit partial, but this guy's top of the line. And you know it. And he's come on SportsX Radio for years and years and good friend with Brian Panish and BP, of course, a Fresno State kid. So I remember, you know, Brian and I, when Fresno State was playing at the Coliseum, we're like going up upstairs and we had carte blanche to knock on the door and interrupt Arbogast, at least commercial time, take his concentration away a little bit. But that's his style anyway. Pete can literally probably multitask, do three or four different things and still get pretty much every play on target. He's been doing it for a long time now. The voice of Southern Cal, the voice of the USC Trojans, Mr. Pete Arbogast. Pete, great to have you back. Thank you for having me. You know, I, and I, when I heard that introduction, I was thinking to myself that the more people that are in the booth with me, the better, because I kind of like to show off. And, 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 you know, when you're on the radio and it's just you talking to nobody, uh, you, you have to imagine who the audience is. Uh, but when you're home and you've got a bunch of people in there, it's, it's really much more fun. You know, Pete, I, I'll tell you, here's the thing. I mean, I go to Resorts World, and the Pac-12 Media Day was only one day. So I'm like, all right, it's going to be an all-day affair. It's going to be good. And went in there, great setup, had two locations. And, uh, you know, first guy I see, of course, my good pal Roxy Bernstein. So as uh, uh, Jerry Allen used to call him, Roxy Bierstein. But at the end of the day, we had a good time there <laughs> and uh, hanging out at the beginning a little bit. Got some good questions in there that were up there on the Pac-12 network at the time. And looking forward, I asked, actually asked Cam Rising if he thought that they were going to come back. Utah, the Utes were going to come back when they were down two scores. Did they feel that they were going to come back? Or did it kind of dawn on them when Caleb Williams went down and got hurt that then they had a great opportunity? He said, no, we, th- we really thought we could come back. And of course, he said the right thing. Uh, you know, that's what you're going to say. But I really think SC wins that game. Uh, I don't know if going away, but I do think they definitely win that game if Caleb does not get dinged up because USC was pretty much unstoppable on the offensive side of the ball. You were calling that game. I got to see you at Allegiant Stadium. We took in a little pregame meal, and everything looked all well and good. And before we get into the uh, the collapse of uh, the Pac-12, which last I saw was the Pac-4, 
let's talk a little bit about this SC team and go back to that game. Your take, you're the voice of SC. You feel if uh, Caleb doesn't get hurt that SC definitely wins that game? Yeah, it sure didn't look like that anybody was going to stop him anytime soon, and injuries are the, the big equalizer in, in any sport. And when you lose your big guy, the Heisman Trophy winner, the best player in college football, uh, that's going to make a difference for sure. And, and uh, even though he came back later in the game and uh, with that injury led another touchdown drive, uh, he wasn't the same guy. He wasn't able to move around and, and, and do the things that he was normally able to do, and it really put, put SC's offense in a funk. Uh, they would have won that ball game, for I, sure. I agree 100%. I did ask Jonathan Smith, the uh, coach, and, of course, uh, at his alma mater there at Oregon State, uh, his feeling as far as the way that they let teams get away with, I don't know, this uh, rugby-type scrum pushes in the back. Look, we remember the Bush push, and that was minor. That was, like, one guy, like, barely assisting, right? But now, Pete, it's gotten ridiculous, I mean, to where there's no forward progress well, anymore. Like it's not illegal. It never has been to push a guy from behind. Right. The illegal part is when you pull a guy from in front. An offensive lineman can't pull a guy downfield. You can push a guy all you want, and that's always been legal. And a few years later, Notre Dame did the same thing, and they didn't complain about it at all, as I recall, mm-hmm. uh, and got away with it because you should get away with it because it's legal. It's not against the rules. But are you okay with it if you have three or four 300-pound guys just while your quarterback's standing straight up? There's no whistle for forward progress, and then two seconds later, as long as he's not down, that knee hasn't hit the ground, that these guys can push him forward three, four, five yards. You're all right with that? Yeah, that's, that's part of the game. That, that's, that's always been part of the game. If you look back at the old films back in the 20s, uh, they were doing that a lot more than they're doing it now. Now, you know, But you've got 11 guys, too, and so do they. Uh, do you run the risk of getting your quarterback hurt mm-hmm. uh, or the running back hurt who's in the middle of that pile? line your guys up right there in front if you think they're going to do that and push back the other way. Push your guys the other way. It's whoever's stronger. It's part of the game. I don't mind it. Okay. I just wanted to get your opinion there. All right. So as I look at this SC team, we have Caleb Williams coming back, and he looks like he's ready to roll, and that's good news. Austin Jones, I love the way he stepped up big time last year after the injury to die. I thought Austin Jones was spectacular. They also get Marshawn Lloyd coming over from South Carolina. So this backfield, again, is going to be one to be reckoned with. Uh, they've got players, big time, athletes on all si- on both sides of the ball. But let's start with the offense because they also get wide receiver Dorian Singer, who transfers from Arizona, stays inside the Pac-12, and uh, he goes over there to replace uh, a pretty good one from Pitt that actually, Addison, that's actually in the NFL right now. But Mario Williams is back again. Brendan Rice, who stepped up big last year at the end of the season, is there. Taj Washington, we know, can flat-out play. Michael Jackson the third. I mean, there is a plethora of wide receivers. Pete, talk about that offense. They even moved Raleigh Brown out of the backfield and over to a wide receiver spot. And you've got Deuce Robinson, who's supposed to be the – the number one freshman tight end, and he's being listed as a receiver. I, I imagine he's going to play closer to the line than, than not because of his size. Uh, they're loaded. they got a good offensive line, even though it's got a couple of guys that uh, are new to the system, and it takes some time for offensive lines to gel, but they've got some games at the beginning that are winnable that they sh- should be able to find that gelling process. Um, don't forget a Marion Peterson. He's, he's a freshman running back. He's going to be good. Darwin Barlow ran like crazy against UCLA at the end of the season last year. You can always put Relique Brown back in there if you need to have a guy that's really flashy. So 
there's no shortage uh, of talent on the offensive side of the ball. And behind Caleb Miller-Moss, reminds me, Malachi, Malachi Nelson is going to be great when he plays. I don't think he's going to play this year. I hope he doesn't. Miller-Moss, backup quarterback, is, is every bit as good as any backup quarterback in the, in the conference for sure, and maybe the country for all we know. He reminds me a lot of Matt Castle, who didn't play very much at SC, but ended up playing like a 12-year NFL career. And Miller-Moss might end up being that guy again. So they're loaded. They're loaded on the offensive side. They're going to score a lot of points again if they stay healthy. There you go. And so what we look for as SC fans when we know we have that type of prolific offense is a defense that can slow down the other team, figuring we're going to be able to outscore just about anybody. And we had that early on in that game against Utah, so that's why I think I agree with uh, Peter as far as uh, USC probably going to win that game against Utah. A lot of respect for Coach Witt, always have. Uh, He's a great coach, gets a lot from his special teams. And toughness, uh, that's something that Utah teams are all about. But SC looked to be the better team, why Caleb was 100%. We look at the defense now. Alex Grinch is still there. There were some people that uh, did not think he was going to last through the offseason, but he did. And Lincoln Riley retains him. They bring in some great transfers on the defensive side of the ball. I got to talk to Mason Cobb over there at Media Day, the youngster middle linebacker from Oklahoma State, who I like a lot. But you bring in Bear Alexander, a kid coming over from Georgia, and yeah, Barr's coming over from AZ, and then Lucas from A&M. I mean, this defense, at least on paper, looks like it should be able to hold its own. Love Eric Gentry. I mean, this kid looks like he could be a wide receiver, long, lanky guy, uh, but he's fun to watch and came up with a lot of big tips and interceptions last year. Talk to me about the defensive side of the ball, what you know so far about a lot of new faces, Pete. One of the things that stands out to me is that those new guys that came in supplanted some of the guys that were returning starters. So now you've got a bunch of guys in the second line of the defense in the depth category that were starters last year. A guy like Shane Lee is probably going to be a backup. He's going to play a lot, but he's going to be a backup. He was the leading tackler on the team last year, and that's just a for instance. There are a few cases like that. Tyrone Teleni came on at the end of the year last year and was outstanding. He's going to be a backup guy. Uh, Corey Foreman is still a backup guy. So you've got a lot of guys, a lot of depth that didn't exist a year ago. And all they have to do, let's be honest, all they have to do is be a little bit better. There were a bunch of games last year where they had to outscore the opponent, and they won games that were close because they didn't tackle very well, and they just seemed like they weren't very good on defense. Uh, I don't expect that to be the case. They just have to be a little bit better this year, let's say 25% better this year, and tackle better and be more aggressive. And I think from what I've heard coming out of camp, now we don't get to go to practice at all, really. We get to see stretching and and one team drill at the start. But really, the the media doesn't see any any practice at all. So the first time I see the team is the first time everybody sees the team against San Jose State in in, in 12 days. They're going to be better. They're going to be better from all I've heard, from everybody I've heard that that knows such things. They're going to be a better defense. How much better uh, does it really matter? Because if it's only about 25% better than it was, I think that's going to be good enough to be a playoff contender. Yeah, no doubt. And when we look at the schedule, like you said, winnable games, Chavin Cordero, excellent quarterback for the Mountain West, but that's the opener on August the 26th. And Nevada comes in, and that team, uh, Coach Wilson knows, still has a lot of holes. Stanford, boy, I know Coach Shaw is out of there, but uh, first-year head coach got a, really has his work cut out for him. Arizona State, new head coach Dillingham, the 
uh, defensive coordinator there from uh, Oregon taking over there in Tempe. Uh, we know Dion there, and that'll be a lot of fun at least early on at Boulder. I know the crowd will be into it big time. And then Arizona at home, and then to South Bend October the 14th. And we're not jumping ahead, but we are actually six games ahead. And, uh, you know, I hope SC is going to be, you know, 6-0 and going into South Bend. That's going to be a pretty good Notre Dame team, and I know you enjoy calling that game. Will that game still stay intact when SC moves to the Big Ten, Pete? Oh, I can't imagine that they wouldn't. Sure, that'll be one of that's a staple. You you can't blow that thing up. And I'm hoping that Notre Dame and Stanford maybe join the Big Ten and and take care of all that foolishness anyway. Uh, there's a game you mentioned there that that is a, a traditional trap game mm-hmm. where it's SC playing Arizona. The week before, so it'll be five and zero. Oh, I think I'm pretty confident they'll be five and zero oh going to the Arizona game. They play Arizona, which is not a bad team, and they're on the rise. Uh, and if they're not paying attention and they're looking forward to Notre Dame the following week, they're they're going to have some problems with Arizona. So keep that in mind. Uh, then the back half of the schedule is just uh, uh, you know other than Cal up there. Uh, Utah, Washington, Oregon, UCLA, Notre Dame. It's just ridiculous. It's a really tough second-half season. Yeah, there's no doubt. In Arizona, of course, uh, Jaden Delora going through his own off-the-field problems, but we know he's a good, solid quarterback. And uh, they get Lamonius Craig, the wide receiver that transfers from Colorado, stays inside the conference. And they have Jacob Cowling, pretty good receiver as well. So, yeah, and, and, and Fish doing a nice job over there. Really has Arizona football at least back back on the the map as far as the fans go there in Tucson. So, yeah, that'll be one that, yes, you cannot overlook. you got to come play because Fish is one of those rah-rah guys, and he's going to get his guys believing that they can beat SC. I'm glad the game is at the Coliseum before they do go to South Bend. But you're right. Coach Witt and company come in. Uh, SC fans will be fired up to get back at them after that Pac-12 championship loss at Cal. Uh, look, Wilcox is a good, solid coach, but the offense doesn't do much. They've got a decent running back, but uh, up against it. And then you get Penix Jr. and Washington, and if you survive that one at home, you're right. Then you go to Autzen Stadium, and that is going to be Bedlam. It always is, and I think it would have even been crazier, except now Oregon and Washington are both going to the Big Ten as well. So we know that those games, USC-Oregon, USC-Washington, will stay intact a lot of the time. Uh, but, yes, that'll be one to one to remember there at Autzen Stadium because that is one of the most ruckus environments. Rice-Eccles as well, but we get Utah at home, but Autzen Stadium is one of those games, and I'm sure you enjoy calling games there as long as SC brings their A game. Yeah, we won one one time there that was pretty <laughs> exciting right at the end when they missed a field goal when Kiffin was the coach. That was that was pretty good, and they stayed on the field for a good long time celebrating that thing, too. I, you know, if they go through that gauntlet, and remember, Utah's right after Notre Dame, which is, I mean, you got to get up for Notre Dame, and then you got to get up for Utah coming home. It seems impossible that they would run the table in the regular season this year. Somebody's going to get them somewhere along the way. The idea is that you could probably lose one and get in the Pac-12 championship game, and if you win that, you're going to be in the mix anyway, depending on how things break in other conferences, to, to be in the Final Four. Obviously, if you run the table, you're going to be in. But if you lose one, I think you lose one. I don't think you can lose two. I think one is the, the, the max to, to get in the Final Four. And even then, you might not get in because it might be a Michigan-Ohio State sort of thing again where uh, you know the East Coast bias, the Midwest bias uh, will, will get them both in, or two SEC teams and two Big Ten teams. Uh, it's hard to it's hard to buck that system until it grows up to twelve. Then 
then then it'll be fairer. I wished it was 16. I hope it becomes 16 someday. I do too, Pete. And I hope to uh, have you on, you know, in between those first three games. We'll figure it out around your schedule so we can get kind of an update and barometer a little bit more as we get a game or two under our belt. Uh, but looking forward to doing that and also checking in with you and, and uh, just your feel of how things are going forward, knowing that this is really the last year of the Pac-12 over a century of uh, tradition. And it's, it's really heartbreaking for anybody that's been involved with this conference just to watch it, uh, you know, go through what it's going through right now. And it's, it's, it's really heartbreaking uh, for a lot of us. And uh, yeah, it, it, it is and it isn't at the same time, because when it comes down to it, uh, you got to make some money, and they're tired of giving the money away to the lesser fish. And I, what I think is going to happen here is that we're going to end up with a super conference where all the big dogs are going to be at the top, and it's going to be an NFL-like setting. And for me, honestly, put two teams on the field, SC and somebody, and I'm going to be there calling the game and loving it no matter who's out there. It and, really doesn't matter. And that's what you do, and you do a great job at that. And we always appreciate you taking time for SportsX Radio. Pete Arbogast, we will talk to you soon, my man. Thank you for taking time out. Go enjoy yourself. Go have a cold one on KT. On the way. Fight on, guys. There you go. Fight on. There you go. Take a break. Went a little long first set, but wanted to get that in there with Pete Arbogast. Mark Hoke running the show, the Mark Hoke Show, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., the best in professional wrestling, right here, 101.5 FMK Dome. We're streaming live on that Odyssey app. If you haven't downloaded it, you better do so now. A-U-D-A-C-Y. It is SportsX Radio. I'm Ken Thompson. We're live from Vegas. We'll be right back. Right, it is Fat Tuesday, KT Live, PSBR Little Studios here in Las Vegas. Mark Hoke's been in the hits, and uh, Mr. Mark Hoke and his Orioles in first place. Uh, Jose Vellante, my good pal, he was at the Aces and Liberty game over there at uh, Michelob Ultralight Arena, so he'll call in next segment, give us the uh, skinny there on the Aces' loss, their second consecutive to the New York Liberty. Still a two-game lead overall, WNBA, but dropping two straight and handily. Last game in New York, I mean, just got crushed. Uh, I want to say it was like 94-61. to 61. And then this one, Vegas, uh, again, aces were up by two at halftime. But my buddy T.C. Martin did not enjoy calling the second half where they just got blistered big time, ended up losing the game by 19, I believe it was. 82-63, uh, to 63, I think, was the final. And we'll get into that uh, with Jose when he calls in. Kevin Bollinger will call it about 9.05. We'll have him on the PSBR Law Hotline, talk some Raiders. Again, a lot of fun being at that Raider game on Sunday. It was a 1 o'clock kickoff there. And my buddy, the Shredder, he made it in. He's a big Niners fan. And I will tell you, it looked like a Niners home game. Now, I know a lot of Raider fans are going to sell their tickets, especially preseason. It's the only preseason game. And they know they can get a pretty penny for that one. So why not, right? Get it and then uh, you know pay for some of the regular season seats. But hoping the Raiders, you know, if we can get anything close to that type of effort with the ones, all right, the uh, the big guys, the the team, the starting team going against another starting team, we get some type of result like that, we're going to be happy campers because the Raiders are going to win some games. And they will go over that win total if they play anything like that. Now, again, it was Aiden O'Connell, the rookie out of Purdue running the show, did a nice job. Uh, Zamir White out of the backfield did a pretty good job. The kid McCormick played well also out of the backfield. And there were some bright spots. I believe Dylan Parham got nicked up. 
uh, on the offensive line, the left guard. So uh, he was a rookie last year out of Memphis. Enjoy him, and uh, we'll keep up on everything going on, the status of Garoppolo and whatnot. We'll check in with KB, Kevin Bollinger, Fox 5 Sports Anchor at 9.05. Uh, let's go to that Richard Badge and Finley Toyota out-of-town scoreboard, catch up on what's going on. The Dodgers now with a 2-1 lead against Milwaukee. So I did tell you I would let you know uh, how that game's going. Now, I know a lot of you bet first five innings, so let me go to this one and just uh, check on that to make sure uh, when the Dodgers got those runs. So, okay, so they got one in the fifth, and now they have one in the sixth, and they're still batting second and third with one out. So you would have pushed either way. If you had Milwaukee or the Dodgers in the first five, it was 1-1 after five. The Padres now up 10 nothing on Baltimore. And the game we thought that was going to be over in Kansas City. Remember the Mariners led it 8-5 to going to the bottom of the ninth. KC came up with three runs in the bottom of the ninth, pushed it to the 10th inning. Now the Mariners came up with a two-spot in the top of the 10th. They're starting the bottom of the 10th. 10-8 Seattle leads Kansas City. And, of course, now uh, one out for the Royals, starting with that man at second base. But the Royals need to get two to keep that one going, three to win it. Crazier things have happened. We've been seeing a lot of bizarre games. And, again, when will they stop starting an extra inning with a man on second base? Just don't know. San Francisco, 3 nothing now, in control against Tampa Bay, batting with the bases loaded, two outs at home, up 3 nothing on the Rays. That is in the bottom half of the seventh inning. And then everything else is final as I uh, go to the scores. 7-4, to four, Pittsburgh beat the Mets. That was Falter and Peterson, the starters there. Total was 8.5, game goes over. And you could have got Pittsburgh a plus 140 in that game. 8-5, to five, Arizona does come back and beat Colorado. That was impressive. And here's the tough part. If you had the under in that game, under 12-and-a-half, it was 5-3 going to the ninth, I think it was, and Arizona came up with a big inning and puts it over by a half run. That total was 12-and-a-half. 13 is what it ends up on, 8-5, to five, the final, as Arizona gets the win over Colorado at Coors Field. Dodgers, as we told you, 2-1 to one, still batting, bottom six, leading Milwaukee. American League, three games. Minnesota, 5-3. They win at home against Detroit. So the Twins starting to play better ball over on the hill. Gets the win, minus 190. Total is 8.5, so the game stays under there. 8.5 all the way across the board, so no no 8s minus juice. Uh, but 8.5, so the game does stay under pretty much everywhere. Texas with Jordan Montgomery in control. Rangers playing good ball. I believe they're 23 games over 500 now. And by the way, the Dodgers have added two more now in the bottom of the sixth, up 4-1, to one, still batting. But 7-3 to three, the final. Texas in Arlington knocking off the Angels. Lucas Giolito, I believe the loser in that one. That total was 8.5 game. Gets up and over that total. 7-3, Texas knocks off the Angels. Uh, Moving on to the interleague games. 5-0 San Fran now, top 8, as uh, taking care of business against Tampa Bay. I I may have said 5-0, but it is 5-zip as Tampa now comes up in the top of the 8th. And they go to the top of the sixth with San Diego up 10 nothing. And I told Mark Hoke, my producer, I said, you know what, who cares? Lose 15 nothing. who cares? It's only one game. You know, get it out of there. But Flaherty, he told me I jinxed him because he did pitch a gem in his first game coming over from St. Louis. And now this will be a second straight loss, I believe, if he loses Waka pitching a great game for the Padres. But the Padres, really, I mean, they got right there within a game of 500 or at 500. And it looked like they were going to make a move. They had that four-game set with the Dodgers, dropped three out of four, and they just have not been able to get back on track. So uh, this is another payroll through the roof like the Mets, only the Padres went for it. The Mets did not. They got rid of uh, Scherzer and Verlander. But the Padres, you know, they, they went out and got more players, and they're struggling now and still five, six games under five hundred. 
everything else final interleague, Cleveland wins at Cincinnati. And there's uh, Uchino, your buddy, uh, having trouble again with those Reds. They just can't win games, Mark Oak, and uh, struggling mightily. This was a Reds team that, you know, even KT was convinced that they were going to take care of business. But Milwaukee, you know, just by playing a little over 500 baseball, keeps picking up ground on Cincinnati. And now the Cubs uh, cooling off a little bit as well. Yeah, the it, it's the Reds pitching. I mean, it's just not there. I mean, they, they needed some help, and the organization decided to stand pat. So that is what it is, Ken. But, you know, I just felt like Milwaukee had the better pitching, and you know, it looks like that's holding out for now. But the Cubs aren't dead. I mean, neither of those teams are done. I mean, you know, they're a hot streak away. Yep, no so, question. You know, uh, so we'll see. Christian Javier didn't have his best stuff, but was bailed out. Houston able to knock off Miami 6-5. to five. Crazy game last night as Miami took care of business, but tonight the Astros get them 6-5. to five. That total 9, so that game gets up and over the total. Boston Pavetta started against Josiah Gray, 5-4 Red Sox win it. Total 9.5 game stays under. Now, there were some 9s out there, so you may have pushed that one, uh, but those were in faraway places. Pretty much every book in Vegas had that total at 9.5. Red Sox win it by score. Of five to four, Toronto at home against Philly. Kikuchi against Zach Wheeler. Good pitch, pitching matchup there. Philly a slight favorite, but it's Toronto that gets the win north of the border. Two to one, the final. Blue Jays get the win there. Atlanta continues to play outstanding baseball. Bryce Elder in control shuts out the Yankees at home in Atlanta. Minus two thirty with Elder. Wow, to see the Yankees as a you know a plus two ten dog, plus two hundred, plus two ten, whatever it was. I mean that's just crazy. You know, with Severino's not a bad pitcher, but struggling this year. Ten and a half your total. Game stays well under, but five nothing Atlanta and the Yankees just about at five hundred. I mean, they are ticketed for last place in the American League East right now. St. Louis six two, they triple up on Oakland at home. Dakota Hudson, pretty solid out for effort. Always hard laying a minus two thirty on a team that's out of it, but uh Dakota Hudson pitching well. That game staying under the total of nine and a half. Six two the final Redbirds win it. And the White Sox behind Toussaint knock off the Cubbies and Kyle Hendricks five to three at Wrigley. And Hendricks went off a minus one seventy five and Chicago Bills pale hose came to play. And, you know, like I said, you know, as a Mets fan, I don't care if they win any games as long as they beat the Yankees. Chicago Bill relegated to that to where, you know, White Sox not going to win many games, but as long as they beat the Cubs, Chicago Bill will at least have a smile on his face. Five to three, the final White Sox get it done, staying under that total of eight and a half. Meanwhile, the Orioles are on the board. It is ten to one now, top six, and San Francisco again five nothing over Tampa. We'll keep an eye on those games. Uh, still batting bottom of the six, Dodgers up four to one on Milwaukee, and uh, those are the games still going. And we'll get into the Las Vegas Aces loss in detail, eighty-two to sixty-three, the final. That total one seventy-eight. Never had a shot. I mean, this game was sitting literally at like 119, 120, uh, you know, with five minutes to go and ends up at 145, 82-63, New York Liberty take control on a total 178, so literally stays under by 33 points. Uh, we'll get to some of the baseball overnights a little bit later, and again, Kevin Bollinger will join me to talk some Raiders football in a little bit, but Jose Volante will join me next segment, and uh, Mark Hoke and I will uh, have a little fun there talking, uh, well, not, not really a lot of fun if you're rooting for the defending champion Las Vegas Aces because they got 
blistered big time in the second half. But before we go to break, again, demographically, if you fall between the ages of 40 and 72, you're very fortunate here in the Vegas Valley. Dr. John Pierce has the Preventative Diagnostic Center. You're number four now here in the Vegas Valley. The only scanner of its kind in the region gives you early detection before signs and symptoms of more than two dozen ailments like heart disease and lung disease. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Call now. Leave a message. They'll get back to you. Schedule that free educational consultation. Let them know Ken Thompson SportsX Radio sent you. You know the 702 for Vegas, 534-7900, Comfortable scan takes a few minutes, a few days later. Detailed report from a board-certified radiologist. Heart CT scan and calcium score special continues to run. 125 for a $600 value. Significant other, absolutely free. So the two of you get in there. $1,200 value total, $125. Early detection is key. Get peace of mind. Take charge of your health. Call the Preventive Diagnostic Center, 534-7900. Go to pdcenterlv.com, pdcenterlv.com. You can check out the scanner. Some other questions answered, but the main thing you want to do is set up that free educational consultation, 534-7900. They help prolong lives. Dr. John Pierce and the Preventative Diagnostic Center. Take a break. Come back. Final segment of hour number one coming up. Jose Vellante will join us. We'll talk some aces. Tough night for Las Vegas in the second half. Producer Mark Hoke running the show. Again, the Mark Hoke Show, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Sunday mornings. The best in professional wrestling. You like professional wrestling? You will love the Mark Hoke Show. We are live from Vegas. You're listening to SportsX Radio. I'm Ken Thompson. You can follow the show at Ken Thompson 87 at SportsX Radio. Archives are put up there by 11 o'clock Pacific time. Also, you can go to the Odyssey Rewind feature. That's why I tell you to download that Odyssey app. You can go right to the Rewind feature after the show if you missed any part, and boom, listen right back to it. Same thing with the Mark Hoke Show. 101.5 FM KDOM. We're streaming live on that Odyssey app. We'll be right back live from Vegas. We are back on a Fat Tuesday, little Night Ranger coming back. Mark Oak spinning the hits on a Fat Tuesday. And, uh, well, we thought it was going to be fat down there at the Michelob Ultra Arena. But, I I mean, I know that's a non-fat beer, more or less, the low calories and whatnot. And it looked good at halftime. It looked okay. I mean, aces were only up a deuce. And you figure Becky Hammond will have them focused the way they got blistered in New York. I mean, embarrassed big time. But, you know, Las Vegas took care of business in a big way in the first meeting, but you expected them to to bounce back. Now, they did, off that loss against New York, go to Dallas and just crush the Wings in their next game out. They were up 28 in the first half, ended up winning the game by 20, so easy cover there. But if you anticipate it, making money tonight on those aces, and I'm sure, let me see, I'll say Chris Wynn. I have no idea. Chris is working, but I guarantee he got down on the aces tonight. Minus seven, I had... Uh, my buddy, Anthony Pepe, who's a host on the Diehards, texts me and go, KT, what's wrong with the Aces line? Like, a, So I'm thinking, somebody's out, something. I hadn't checked on the line. Saw it early in the day. It was minus 7. I go back, it's still minus 7. I go, well, what do you mean? What's wrong with it? It's uh, minus 7. I go, why? What's up? Is someone out? He goes, no, that just looks off to me. He goes, it look-. so I get it. You're anticipating the Aces taking care of business, and they've had so many wins by 15 or more. But this New York Liberty team is real. And when you have Brianna Stewart and you have Inescu and, and uh, some of the players that they have, you know that they're going to be, you know, game for just about, you know, any game. They're going to be right there pretty much in every game. They're a team that's made some great second-half comebacks. They have Vandersloot, outstanding guard. 
uh, can run the point really well. Uh, I talked about UNESCO. Uh, Jones is pretty good. Stewart, Laney. But off the bench tonight, uh, Johannes uh, came up with big, uh, big game. 17 points, 5 of 7 from downtown. In fact, the bench for the New York Liberty won a combined 8 of 12 from three-point range between Thornton, Willoughby, and Johannes there. So uh, that, the difference in the game, and that opened things up. 82-63, to 63, the final. We bring in Mr. Jose Volante, and he was there. And uh, I bet you probably an eye-opener to a lot of the uh, Las Vegas Aces fans, and I'm sure our good pal T.C. Martin that calls the Aces games was probably a little uh, a little surprised as well. This is a nice effort by New York, and it really – uh, makes for some interesting WNBA competition as we move forward because it's not a given now that the Las Vegas Aces are going to repeat as champions the way the Liberty just played them the last two games, Jose. After tonight, KT, I don't think that the Aces are being looked upon as the front-running favorite anymore in the WNBA. The New York Liberty just came out and basically handled their business, punched them in the mouth, and never let go. Even when they got down at halftime and they were down by two, even when the Aces got the biggest lead of their part of the game, which was seven, the New York Liberty never looked like they were down or out whatsoever. Even with Sabrina Unescu not shooting the ball as great or scoring as great as she does. Brianna Stewart as well, four of 16. But you mentioned it, the French woman, Marianne Johannes, coming off the bench, five of seven, just she could not miss. When you have someone that's averaging six points a game, all season, and then she comes in and does this, that's a complete eye-opener to not only the Aces, but to the whole WNBA to show you that the New York Liberty has some more firepower on this bench. But you also mentioned TC. Me and TC talked before the game, as we do every game. I told him I did like the Aces at 7.5. I thought the way they lost, the way they came back and bounced back against Dallas, there's no way that they're going to come out and play like that. TC liked them on the money line. He actually said, I'm sprinkling the minus 300. And I think that they went out right. Obviously, that wasn't the case tonight. But look, a lot of fans leaving early in the fourth quarter. Can That's something that we have not seen all season here at Michelobo Arena so far. So not a good look for the Aces or their fans tonight. No doubt. New York got off to a 17-11 first quarter lead. So Las Vegas out of the gate slowly. But a nice second quarter by the Aces, 23-15 to to grab that two-point lead. I talked about 34-32. But then New York clamping down defensively, 50-29. to is how they outscored the Aces in the second half. And again, for New York uh, to hold Las Vegas to 61 in the last game in New York, turn around and hold them to 63 in this game, and coming off uh, another Player of the Week performance or Player of the Month, uh, Asia Wilson, just 2 of 10 Mm -hmm. from the floor. She was 5 of 6 from the charity stripe, but only 5 boards. And uh, that's in 35 minutes of action, finished with just 9 points. So that'll kind of let you know right there that, the Aces did not play their A game. Uh, Young, Plum, and Gray all 15 and 16 between them. Uh, you know, or you know, each one of them 15 for Gray, 15 for Plum, 16 for Jackie Young. Uh, but that was it. Only eight points off the bench. And there, when you look at it overall, uh, just the bench going eight of 12 from downtown for New York, and 0 of eight from the bench from three-point range for the Aces, puts everything in perspective. Five of 26 from three-point range for the game for Las Vegas, 15 of 35. So when you beat somebody by 10 three-pointers in the box score, more than likely you're going to win that game, and New York did win it going away. Not only that, New York completely just out-rebound this Aces team. And the biggest question, and it was going on between a few media members on press road tonight, KT, was 
Why haven't we seen Kayla George? I know she hasn't. She has not been a big part of this team or offense all season, but she was coming off of quite possibly her best game last Sunday night against the Atlanta Dream. You have Alicia Clark coming back from the injury. We don't know how she was going to look coming into this game. She had a horrible game if we're talking about the stat line. So why did we take so long to see Kayla George in this game? She comes in with two minutes and 15 seconds left with New York basically having the game sealed. To me, that is the biggest question mark. Was she hurt or was there just no confidence on the side of Becky Hammond to bring in someone like her in a championship-style game? Remember, she's won championships in Australia and other places as well. She's not just a WNBA superstar or power. So why not give her the opportunity to come in in this style of game? I don't know, and it's a complete head-scratcher to me, KT. There you go. And uh, speaking of Australia, I will be up early morning hours with uh, Australia (laughs) and England going at it in the other semifinals as far as that Women's World Cup. If you missed it, Spain able to get past Sweden. Crazy game there, 2-1, to relinquishing the lead in the 88th minute, tied at 1. They came back a minute later and got the game winner. And uh, look, I I, I enjoy uh, sports. Men's, women's, doesn't matter. At a high level like that, I enjoy it. And I was able to watch a couple really good soccer games uh, last week. But this uh, WNBA game is in the books. And give it to New York, 82-63. to Jose Volante, my main man, you'll be back in studio on Monday. And uh, I'll tell you what, there's some good chemistry between you and Hoke, man. I don't know how you deal with the Hokester, but you do. <laughs> hey, I love Mark Hoke, man. Mark Hoke is my guy. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be able to do so. On Monday night. So, Mark, you know I greatly appreciate you, my brother. There you go. And what about and his professional wrestling show, too. Now, you've made an appearance there as well. You're, you're pretty I, I, versatile. I've made a few appearances on the Sunday show. If you guys are listening and you guys hear me mention it on Monday nights as well, not only the best wrestling show in Las Vegas, but the best wrestling show in the world. This man is bringing you everything from the indies to the pros to things you're not even seeing. So, if you haven't checked it out, check it out now. The Mark Hoke Show on all things, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, all social media, and, of course, Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. on KDON 101.5 FM, baby. There you go. I hope you're on the payroll. My God, that was a great uh, <laughs> plug right there. It doesn't get any better than that. Hoekster, you get the check in the mail, will you, please? Yeah, okay. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's, it's going to bounce. Uh, there you go. There <laughs> all you right, go. guys, have a great night, and we'll see you on Monday night. You got it, Jose. Great stuff, man. Appreciate you checking in. Not a not an easy one to go over, but uh, an eye-opener, and I'm sure uh, practice will not be any fun for those uh, Las Vegas Aces tomorrow. I'm sure Becky Hammond will have them out there early and, uh, and real probably quick, stay Casey, late. Remember, yep. they play this same team again on Thursday night. Yep. So we'll be back here at the house. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, that's a big-time game. I can't wait to see what that line's going to be. It'll be very interesting because a lot of people, again, will be anticipating Las Vegas to come back and take care of business. Will they be able to do it, or will New York stand up tall and take three out of four? So that'll do it right about there for hour number one. Again, 82-63, the final. New York Liberty taking out the Las Vegas Aces. Remember, you do have World Cup soccer. That'll go at 3 a.m., Pacific time, so you might want to tape that or DVR it. Uh, again, should be a great one. Australia and England, come on, should be good. And the winner gets Spain in the championship game. But Australia, the hometown fans, they're going to be just going nuts. And uh, their game, their last game was absolutely ridiculous. I really enjoyed uh, watching that one as well. And uh, that'll do it. Our number one in the books, 101.5 FMK Dawn. Again, streaming live on that Odyssey app. Do not forget. 
SportsX Radio. That's uh, one handle, at SportsX Radio, at Ken Thompson 87, and you'll be able to get to the archives that way. But the easiest way to do it, again, if you have the uh, Odyssey app, download it, just go right there and uh, hit that rewind feature, and you're good to go. So hour number one in the books, Ken Thompson, producer Mark Hoke. We're coming back. Hour number two, Kevin Bollinger, my good buddy. Fox 5 Sports Anchor. We're going to talk some Raiders football in just a few minutes from now. Keep it right here. You're listening to SportsX Radio live from Vegas, live PSBR Law Studios. Coming right back at you with Hour 2. Back from halftime, it's just after 9 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah, what up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party! Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub with three locations. One on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the Strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non-invasive scan today. Day for peace of mind, visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. All right, hour number two, KT Live, PSBR Law Studios here in Las Vegas, and uh, lots of local stuff to get to. Of course, the Raiders, a big outing on Sunday, burying San Francisco and that uh, Niners crowd. I mean, again, Vegas fans, I get it. If you're going to get rid of tickets preseason, I don't think Mark Davis minding so much there, especially on the heels of the Raiders' 34-7 to route of all those people that spent a pretty penny uh, to go support their 49ers, but a nice effort by the Raiders there. Kevin Bollinger, Fox 5 sports anchor, my good pal. He's on a tight schedule, but we got him for about 12, 13 minutes, so we're going to grab him, and we're not even going to start with Raiders. Why? Because we've got Little League World Series tomorrow, and the kids from Henderson, Nevada, they will be uh, up first as far as uh, any of the teams from the United States tomorrow looking forward to Nolan Gifford, who has just been a phenom. This kid is unbelievable. He is the manager's son, Ryan Gifford, the dad. And this team from Henderson, just on a mission, they took care of business in a big way. And Nolan Gifford, how about 27 strikeouts, no walks, gave up one run and one hit, had a no-hitter. I mean, Kev, this kid's the real deal. I'm hoping he can take it a couple steps further, and you just never know. Henderson, Nevada may come back with a Little League World Series title. You know, it's pretty cool to see, uh, and what a what a, a cool summer for these kids to go through the, the whole process. And, and you know, they're missing the first couple of weeks of school here uh, to, to go and play baseball all around the country and, and play for a World Series title, and and they've been impressive. And like I said, uh, Gifford's been phenomenal. Uh, so really excited to see them play at noon tomorrow. There's actually watch parties all over the area in Southern Nevada. 
uh, for people to go and, and, and watch it. And I think there's going to be a lot of people also maybe uh, who are at work that have their, their laptops set or their ESPN plus accounts to, uh, to try and catch a glimpse uh, of the Henderson little leaguers and see if they can get off to a good start back there. No doubt. All right. Uh, we will be watching at noon tomorrow and looking for them to take care of business. And that of course is double elimination, right? That's the way the setup is in Williamsport. Yeah, they have a, a kind of a bracket system. So, uh, uh, you know, they're not that we expect them to, you know, get off on a, on a bad foot, but there's still some some room to work the, their way back in if something were to happen. There you go. Now they're going to take care of business. And we're going to watch it tomorrow at noon as Henderson Little League looking forward to take care of business. And uh, they are there. I mean, it's a great story already, but you know what? While you're there, eh, might as well win it. And uh, the kids, uh, again, just Missing school, I mean, just what that sounds like to me back in my school days, to miss school for baseball. It just doesn't get any better than that. All right, the Raiders, I was very, very impressed. Took the game in on Sunday like most people here in the Vegas Valley. And, you know, I get it. Uh, you know, it's a preseason game. But when you're that uh, dominant in a preseason game, that kind of, you know, lets you feel like, you know what, there's some good things going on with the depth factor and look, O'Connell stepped up nicely, did a did a real nice job. Uh, it was still no word last I saw on Josh Jacobs, but Zamir White played. Amir Abdullah got some good time. I, I'm thinking this team, you know, has uh, has some potential. I don't know. I mean, when you see the win total drop down to six and a half, it's been eight and a half the last couple of years. You don't know. And uh, Devontae Adams got nicked up in practice. So, you know, don't want to get anybody else from the first team injured. So a lot of times you're not going to have these guys play. KB kind of clue us in what's going on training camp and uh, what can we look forward as we go into the Rams game? I would think probably just another battle uh, to where a lot of these kids that we don't think uh, have a great opportunity to make the team, but there are some positions available and they'll be battling for those. Why we try to keep the starters healthy going into week one. Yeah. Well, first off, uh, you know, you always want to put your best foot forward. And, and you know, when you look at, say, a, a minor league baseball, you know, good organizations want to build the culture of winning, even though wins and losses in the minor league baseball side don't mean as much. It's kind of translates in a way to the preseason to a certain extent. But you also have to remember the Raiders were 4-0 in the preseason last year and things didn't turn out great. Uh, but in terms of building depth, that is, is what you need to see. And Josh McDaniels likes some of the depth factors that they've got on this roster that they may not have had last year. So right now I'm down in Southern California with the Raiders. Uh, they'll be working out against the Rams uh, tomorrow and Thursday in Thousand Oaks at Cal Lutheran. And, uh, you know, it's a good chance for the ones to go up against the ones, both offensively and defensively, uh, leading into Saturday's preseason game at SoFi Stadium, where we'll see a lot of guys that maybe are, are fighting for either spots on the regular roster or even – fight to get onto that practice roster. But these next two days are going to be critical for the Raiders uh, because you're getting, uh, for the first time that I can remember, two sets of joints practices since they did the 49ers last week and the Rams. Occasionally uh, you'll see them do one, but rarely do you see teams do two, although that's kind of becoming the new norm. Uh, but but it's, it's critical for the Raiders to not only uh, do that, but also with a, a franchise that's going to give them completely different looks than the 49ers did, totally different systems. Uh, and I think that that's going to help with their preparation to build towards the season. Sincere McCormick uh, looked pretty solid. This is a kid that played at uh, Texas San Antonio for the Roadrunners. 
couple years ago almost had 1,500 yards, 15 touchdowns on the ground alone. So we know this kid can play a pretty good receiver out of the backfield as well, but really focused on running. Uh, He's somebody that's going to try and somehow find a place, if not on the roster, at least the uh, so-called taxi squad, and and, uh, see if he can at least uh, stay in the good graces of the brass here for the Las Vegas Raiders. And I, I liked what I saw out of him. Uh, talk to me about some of the other bright spots and some of the guys that you expect to move up on the depth chart because when we look at uh, you know how things have been going, the kid from Maryland, Jacorian Bennett, uh, really elevating nicely there at left cornerback. And I know Faison was uh, uh, banged up. But talk to me a little bit, offense, defense. Who do you see kind of moving up the depth chart so far? Well, Jacorian Bennett certainly has made a name for himself so far in this training camp uh, and has turned a lot of heads uh, as a rookie. And I, I think as we go through this process, uh, you know, there's still a lot of questions that have to be answered in the defensive backfield. There's still some questions that have to be answered at the linebacker position. And the Raiders are still trying to sort out who's going to be their starting right tackle. There's a great battle going on for the right tackle spot. Uh, and so I, I think those are things that, that Raider Nation can keep a close eye on here over the next couple of weeks that are going to try and sort themselves out. And when you talk, uh, you know, about some of these players that are on the, the fringe there, for them to be able to put good tape out there is, is critical for them. Even if they're not able to stick with the Raiders, you know, if a numbers game comes into play, but to have uh, stuff out there, that, that's what's important for these guys to go out here and, and put out, you know, stack up play after play because that's uh, what coaches are looking for, uh, that consistency. The Raiders are cert- certainly looking for it. And if somebody puts uh, a good enough performance on a training camp, they'll find a way to, to keep him around. We know Kincaid was grabbed first round, uh, the kid from Vegas, tight end from Utah for the Buffalo Bills. And we know that Brankiti is, is coming back for Utah. But Cole Frotheringham had a nice game as well. And this guy, you know, on the depth chart was listed, I think, number four as tight ends. But this kid can flat out play. And he'll go up and get it. Very tough guy. Uh, Horstead is another guy. Uh, real tough. We look at Austin Hooper, who came over from the Titans, and of course Michael Mayer grabbing him in the second round out of Notre Dame. Hollister also got signed. So uh, where are we tight end wise? Because there's some depth there, and I think you know several of these guys, if they're not on the Raider roster, can find home somewhere else. Yeah, well, Mayer got dinged up, and I think that opened up for for some snaps for for uh, uh, some of the other players there. Uh, he got dinged up a, a little over a week ago and uh, has not been back. That's one thing we're going to look for to see if he's going to be back on the practice field uh, this week. And uh, Horstead is a a great special teams player on top of the tight end, which gives him an advantage and did a lot of special teams work with the the Raiders. And, you know, the the tight end room, we were kind of joking around with Hooper the other day. You got a Stanford guy and him. You've got Mayer being a Notre Dame guy. Horstead, the Princeton guy. That might be the smartest position room. Uh, not only in the Raiders facility, that might be the smartest group of position players in the NFL uh, with those guys. So uh, it's a good group. It's a deep group. And there's going to be some tough decisions to be made here when we get to cut time here in a few weeks. And you talked about the offensive line. Of course, that's where there are major question marks. We know Colton Miller has been a mainstay left tackle. Didn't get off to a great start last year. But Dylan Parham uh, was pretty versatile and played some center, some guard. Uh, a little bit dinged up himself, Ale- uh, Andre James. Uh, solidifying the center spot, Alex Barr's right guard, uh, Illuminor and Mumford 
Jr. Uh, battling right tackle last I saw. I know they have Dalton Wagner on the uh, depth chart as well. Where are we as far as the offensive line? How, are you, how comfortable is Coach McDaniels as far as the personnel that he has depth-wise that it's going to be good enough to protect Jimmy Garoppolo and or whoever is uh, quarterbacking? We're hoping it's Jimmy G throughout the season. Well, for as much as everybody was concerned about the offensive line going into last season, that group actually held their own pretty well all throughout the year, and it's essentially the same group coming back. Uh, Mumford, uh, you know, was was somebody who was a rookie last year. Sometimes it takes a while to grasp things. He's your prototypical tackle. He's just a big dude. And Illuminor has the versatility that we're seeing with Parham in terms of he can shuffle around to a lot of positions on the line. Uh, and so uh, and don't forget about Brandon Parker, who was injured in the Hall of Fame game last year uh, and missed all of last season. But uh, he has also been uh, kind of making a little pushing camp for that right tackle position. So uh, they've got, uh, again, going back to the, the depth piece, but that's been the one thing that Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels have stressed since day one. We need depth but they've stressed it, especially on the offensive line. Not only do they need depth, but they need versatility. They need guys that they can go plug and play in different positions because it's very rare for an offensive line to get through an NFL season where they aren't going to have some some missed time in there somewhere. So to have guys that they feel competent enough to to slide into whatever position is huge for them and the way that they approach their roster decisions. And so I think that you'll, you'll see those decisions kind of play out with that in mind as we get uh, to the first part of September. All right, a couple minutes left with Kevin Bollinger. Let's jump to the defensive line. We know Max Crosby's a mainstay. The kid's a unbelievable talent, and uh, who'd have thunk it out of Eastern Michigan to have a guy with that type of ever-ready bunny energy that keeps on going and just gets sacks, uh, you know, by the dozens. I mean, the guy's a lot of fun to watch. Where are we with Tyree Wilson, the youngster out of Texas Tech? Uh, Bilal Nichols, I know uh, I thought he may have come in little bit heavy going into camp but we know this kid has potential a couple years ago for Chicago looked really solid with the Bears Jerry Tillery uh played with the Chargers Notre Dame kid and Chandler Jones you know looked to be in really good shape and really focused to make amends for a lackluster season to say the least last year where are you as far as defensive line looking at it I know uh you've got Farrell Jr. and uh, uh some of the others that are still on the roster uh talk to me about the defensive line for the Raiders well, I think, uh, you know, there's a position group that I think on the defensive side of the ball that, that uh, they certainly can do the most damage and, and have some people there that can get the work done. Uh, Crosby is Crosby. I mean, the guy's a superstar. Uh, and we all know that Chandler Jones is a superstar as well. Yes, he did not have a great year last year. But if you look at what he did, he really started to, to break through and perform on the back end of the season and that coincided with the arrival of Jerry Tillery from the Chargers. So having Jerry Tillery there in the middle part of the line to have the, you know that run stopper there seemed to open things up for Chandler Jones, and he played much better once Tillery came on board. So we'll see if that combination can work really well. We know the Raiders spent some draft picks uh, on some guys on the defensive line, uh, and, and they have not been in camp uh, you know, due to injuries and everything else trying to get get back into shape and so it'll be interesting to see once they get those guys rolling again uh this really has the possibility of being a a really solid group for the Raiders here moving forward this season 
Marcus Peters, how's he looked so far, the veteran coming over from Baltimore? He's huge. And, and you know, it, it's not just the way he plays. It's the mentality that he brings. And it's changed the way that some of these young kids look at the position. The Raiders need turnovers. They've not been good in the plus-minus on the turnover ratio for a long time. And, and he brings that ball-hawk mentality with him. 36 interceptions in his career and and he's always around the ball. And yes, he takes chances, but he converts on those chances. And we're seeing it in the practices in the joint practices with the 49ers last week. The defensive backs had 10 interceptions in two days, four the first day and six the second. And it's Marcus Peters has just kind of brought that group to life. And he his presence is really going to help a lot of these young guys come along. And the Raiders do have a lot of young DBs uh, that, that are really going to benefit from having him around. Oh, my Lord. Ten last week, only six all last season. My goodness. And seven fumble recoveries. It's a team that has struggled mightily over the last decade as far as getting takeaways. That would be huge if we could just elevate that key compartment, uh, key department uh, during the regular season, Kevin Bollinger. And I know uh, I got you out just in time. You said, KT, get me out by 920. I got you right now. It's 919. Kevin Bollinger, you are the best, my man. Always appreciate you taking time out for SportsX Radio. We'll do it again, but thanks for updating us. And uh, go Henderson Little League, baby. Thank you, KT. Always a pleasure. There you go. Love Kevin Bollinger, man. And just a, 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 the utmost professional. Uh, Northern California guy. But he's really made Vegas his home and just a great family guy, uh, but really does a nice job with the staff over there. And uh, they've got a great one. Fox 5 in Vegas, I mean. Uh, and that's you can follow him on Twitter, at Kevin Fox 5 Vegas. Uh, but really good stuff from the Raiders this uh, Sunday. And uh, had a little bit of fun there with uh, the Shredder, my buddy, of course, big Niners fan. And he wasn't able to make too much noise, nor were any of the Niners fans. But, uh, you know, then they're like, well, it's just a preseason game. But. Yeah, you guys probably paid $300 for your tickets, but we didn't. So we had a good time, and we enjoyed the game, and a nice effort by the Silver and Black State, and we'll see if they can take it into the you know, regular season. Marco, I know you uh, were able to uh, watch a little bit of the Raiders game over the weekend. It's Again, it's preseason. Uh, how'd your Eagles fare? I, was, I didn't even pay attention to the Eagles game. Did you see any uh, players that you wanted to see, maybe some of the young kids from Georgia since you grabbed half their defense the last two years? Yeah, the young guys look pretty good. Um, 2019 loss to the Ravens. Oh, but, that's right. Yes, yeah. the Ravens, again, keep that winning streak going. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, you know, they're look, Ken, I, I don't put a whole lot of stock in preseason. It's, you know, to me, it's scrimmage time, evaluate young talent, you know, it doesn't really turn my crank too much. So got to uh, got to stay healthy. Yep, got to keep the the guys healthy. But you do want to get some type of chemistry going into that first week. And I know it's a seventeen game season, regular season, but it's still you know I kind of look at that. And if there's some guys that you know maybe didn't have much time at all, you know. As far well, and I guess they're getting it, you know, during the practices, like these scrimmages. That's where they're really yeah, starting to look, right? Yeah, I, I think that you know the, the teams have, over the recent years have been doing joint practices. Those to me are as, if not more, important than you know the, these exhibition games because the exhibition games, like I said, they're not the starters. You know, they're they're going at it in these practices. So I I find those fascinating. I mean, that's you know that's really becoming the trend of. You know where teams, for the most part, are really 
you know, bearing down, figuring some things out and putting them, putting their teams together in, in those joint practices. So, you know, those are pretty cool. Yep. No, no question. Uh, your take as far as the Jets grabbing Dalvin Cook, one year deal there. We saw Zeke Elliott getting a one year deal in New England, but Dalvin Cook and, of course, running back Brees Hall, the youngster out of Iowa State, uh, also back at practice. I don't know when either one of those guys will practice, but they're both there now as far as Jets training camp there in Florham Park, New Jersey. Uh, Dalvin Cook, pretty solid running back. Take a little pressure there off uh, Aaron Rodgers and uh, give him maybe a better play-action uh, look there. When you have running backs the caliber of Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook, you know they're going to look for you to hand off uh, some of these times. And, you know, again, Aaron Rodgers doesn't run the way he used to, although I will say this. You could see he's much more focused and not – nonchalant kind of like he had everything over all those years in green bay down to a science he knew he was the guy and now here he is you're you know paying him all this money and getting him traded there so he knows he's got to produce and when you're in the big apple you better produce otherwise you're going to be booed out of there and uh, we've seen some great players go there and flounder big time and we've seen some other players you know that maybe didn't have as big a names but step up to the plate and answer the bell. What's your take as far as this Jets team adding Dalvin Cook to that roster? I think it makes them a better third place team. They, they, I I still think they're behind Buffalo and Miami, but you know it, it's definitely going to help. I mean, Dalvin Cook's a terrific running back, but you had a terrific running back already, so you know you're going to have a pretty good running game. The question is, you know, are they going to be able to block for these guys? That's that's what I'm worried about for them. So that's you know I I have been more excited to. Signed a big time lineman as opposed to a running back, but now we'll see what the Jets can do. I mean, there's there's a lot of good teams in the AFC. It's going to be hyper competitive. That whole division, and you know, we were talking about this, Chris, on Monday night. That you know, even you know, I I think New England's going to be better than people think. I you know, I got them around eight or nine wins, but that that whole division is going to be tough. So we'll see if they can uh, they, if they can find a way to get ahead of Miami and keep themselves there. You know, then that's going to be interesting. But I'm, I'm, I'm still, yeah, they're good. But you know, and they're going to be able to beat some teams. But yeah, still, Cincy, Kansas City, Buffalo, and you know, then you know, you got Jacksonville. You've got you know, playing pretty. It looks like they're going to be playing playing pretty well. Pittsburgh's going to be improved. Uh, you know, Baltimore's going to be pretty good. So yeah, I just I don't know, Ken. I don't know if they're playoff worthy yet. Yeah, we'll wait and see. There's a lot of. Uh... Jet fans, hopefuls that have been in the doldrums for years. I've got an older sister, Valerie, that uh, loves the Jets, and my brother Sammy loves the Jets. They've been waiting for a long time for this team to do something, so we'll see. It's been a long time uh, since Joe Namath won a Super Bowl way back Super Bowl III. Now they're in the 50s as far as Super Bowls, so we'll see if this Jets fan base is able to get what they so desire. Miami, uh, they've got one of the uh, New York Jets from last year, Braxton Berrios, on that wide receiving core now with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. Uh, they also lost Gasicki, their tight end, went to New England. So some of the uh, movings-ons as far as free agents inside the ALEs, or the uh, AFC East. We take a break. SportsX Radio rolling on through, thanks to Kevin Bollinger, Fox 5, and, of course, in our number one, Pete Arbgast, the voice of USC, joined us to talk some Trojan football as well, but we'll keep things rolling. We'll uh, get into some baseball. We'll get into some more football talk and a very sad note from the world of NFL football. 
We'll talk about that when we come back. Sports X Radio, 101.5 FM, KDON, streaming live on that Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download it now if you have not, and you'll be happy because there's so many great programs on that Odyssey app. But you can pick up the rewind feature, so if you miss a show, you can just search it and then go right there and listen to it back, including Sports X Radio and the Mark Hoke Show. Mark Hoke Show, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. on Sundays. Sports X Radio, of course. 8 p.m. to 10 p.m., but a big announcement tomorrow live at Steiner's, and Mark Lawrence is going to make it out there in person. He's flying out. Uh, Andy Isco will make it out there as well, and uh, be good to see a lot of the uh, faces. Uh, Chicago Bill will be out there. It'll be a great time tomorrow night live at Steiner's Pub, 1750 North Buffalo. One of three in the Vegas Valley to serve you, 8168 Las Vegas Boulevard South, right there at Windmill off the Boulevard, and, of course, 8410 West Cheyenne. That's the original now in their 25th year. It is SportsX Radio. I'm Ken Thompson, 101.5 FM, coming right back on KDON on that Odyssey app. Mark Hoke producing. We'll be right back. It can supply you with peace, some peace of Sports Radio on a fat Tuesday. Mark Hoke spinning the hits. Mark Hoke, uh, clue me in there. Who who was who that? OJ's. Okay. There you go. Uh, the voices sounded familiar, but uh, didn't want to get it wrong, and yeah, you didn't send me the music list tonight, so I was like, KT, go ahead, figure it out. Yeah, you didn't get the first one either. I did not. That was Richard Marks. I knew, yeah, that I knew, though. I, I knew once, once you say it, but I, I knew the voice yeah. for sure. Yeah, I but knew. OJ's, you know, Love Train. Same guys. Good stuff. Sing I, a happy I like song, it. man. You know, good. Can you sing a happy song? I can when I'm breathing correctly. Sing a happy song. Sing a happy song. No? No, not bad. I mean, it's okay. I didn't really go for it. I like to go deeper when I sing that one, man. That's a, it's a fun tune. Yeah, you'd have been good back in the 50s with one of those. You know, I love doo-wop. Yeah, I love I, that re- I really did, honest I, to God. I, I, I agree. I learned a lot of those songs. I, I get all these albums from the library and things like that, and. You know, learn a lot of those songs. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. Those guys could really sing back then. Well, you remember a pretty good tandem back at Arkansas, uh, Jonathan Williams, and, uh, you know, another really solid running back, Alex Collins. A uh, real sad story, Alex Collins passing away Sunday night. He was actually uh, killed in a motorcycle accident there in Broward County, Lauderdale Lakes, Florida, just 28 years old, but crashed into a sports utility vehicle and uh, not good, ended up uh, hitting the rear passenger side and, you know, just just a brutal accident, was declared dead at the scene. And that's, you know, it's tough. And I've got a a lot of friends and family that, you know, still ride motorcycles and you got to be careful. Not only do you have to be careful on your own accord, but you got to worry about everybody else. You've got to be defensive as far as driving and, you know, it's uh, there's not a lot of room for error. And so, you know, it's tough. It's uh, something that, you know, most of my friends, when I talk to them and family, as far as the ones that still ride, they're like, it's the risk we take for doing something that we enjoy, that we love to do. So, and that's most, most bike riders that I've talked to throughout the years. But Alex Collins passing away at just 28 years of age. And again, uh, NFL guy was drafted by the Seattle Seahawks, but really came on in 2017 with the Baltimore Ravens after he was released by Seattle, uh, ended up with 973 yards and six touchdowns. And he would celebrate after each touchdown. He'd do an Irish dance that he actually learned from the daughter of his high school football coach. So that was his little uh, 
go-to as far as after he got in the end zone there with the Ravens and uh, Baltimore putting out a statement, uh, Seattle as well, and uh, Arkansas. Very, very sad. He played under Brett Bielema uh, during his time there for the Razorbacks. But, you know, anytime you see somebody, you lose their life, you know, at such a young age. Alex Collins uh, dead at the age of just 28 years old and uh, somebody that I did enjoy watching play, especially in college. Uh, that was a, a fun team to watch there, Arkansas, and always enjoyed that running game. And him and Williams, outstanding combination there. But, Mark, anytime we talk about, you know, things like that, and I know next Tuesday uh, Rob Riccio will join us. And, of course, you know, that's just something that we always seem to get into each month because Rob joins us the last Tuesday of uh, each month. But he'll actually – it'll be the next to last Tuesday that he'll join us, a special show uh, next Tuesday right here at PSBR Law Studios. But anytime you see somebody that young, you know, losing their life, again, you never know, one day to the next – you know, when your time is up, but just at 28 years old, Alex Collins and uh, somebody remember being remembered for what he did on the field. But those that knew him said even a better family guy and a, and a, a better friend. So, you know, you love to hear that about the young man. Yeah. And, and guys, you got to be careful out there on driving motorcycle, especially in this city with some of the things that I've been seeing going on in the streets lately of Las Vegas, please, for the love of God, I, I know sometimes it's really tempting to try and drive through traffic and you know split the lanes and pick up the speed a little bit, but I'm I'm just telling you, please be smart out there, especially on motorcycles. You're hard to see, and no offense to our fine citizens of the city of Las Vegas, you're rotten drivers. So be please just. Be careful out there. You know, can I, and I, I just had, when I was down, coming out of the Strat, you know, a little Baltimore, uh, Baltimore Avenue that goes out on the strip. That's, mm-hmm. you know, I saw a guy in the right lane when the light turned green, turn all the way across in front of the th- other cars to make a left turn when the light changed. That's the kind of crazy stuff that people are doing out there right now. So, you know, especially you guys on motorcycles, sometimes it's tough to see you. Just take it easy. I know you you see gaps and you think you can sneak through and, you know, the freedom of the ride, but I'd rather see you get home. There you go. And there's another uh, tip that I'll just tell you as well. I mean, you see it where, especially on the surface streets, where you're going to make that that right-hand turn on a red. Uh, Or as soon as the light turns green, you're going to go straight through, right? Sometimes, you know what, just wait. A second look to your left because a lot of times you're seeing people that are gonna they're gonna jam it instead of slowing down for that yellow light they're gonna they're gonna jam on it they're gonna they see the clock ticking down or whatever and look i'm not gonna be holier than thou and tell you that i've never done that because i have and you know but not to where like I'm, i'm getting in there to where the light's changing i'm in the intersection right so still a mistake there but you're seeing people now continuously a second or two seconds after the light has changed, they're still jamming through and they're going for it. And so if you are prompt and go right through as soon as that light changes to green to go your way, you could be getting hit blindside by a car trying to make it through that red light. Yeah, I've been seeing them. I just saw it twice today that there was no way people. And, and that's probably the one thing I'm most guilty of is, you know, that yellow, the light's changing yellow. You know, and I'm like, okay, I can, I know I can get through this intersection. So, but. There's people who are just going through, and it, I mean, I saw one that it was red when the light 
with when they were at the start of the intersection went through. It's it's getting nuts out there, and I know you know a lot of it. You know, the, all this construction going on, everybody's getting impatient. But we've got a lot of, shall we say, unlicensed drivers. We've got a lot of people that are drinking out there, and just the combination. You know, and, and a lot of people coming in from out of state too. Yeah, you know, <coughs> please just take it a little. Take your time out there, guys. Yep. Promise you, it's going to be worth it. There you go. All right, good stuff. Good tips. Uh, coming at you from SportsX Radio here as we uh, travel the streets just like you do. And sometimes, uh, yep, uh, it's when I see – the only time really I see my daughter Kiara uh, kind of get flustered is when, you know, she's driving. And she's just like her mom and her dad like to wear the expletives as long as the windows are rolling. Gosh, you know, it's just – I always say, you know, if I'm watching Raider football or USC football, just put me in a little rubber room because you don't want to hear what's going on or what's coming out if they're – if they're screwing up or are not playing the way that I think they should be playing. So uh, sometimes the other time that that happens is, is traffic, but you got to try and uh, remain calm road rage. You can't have it. You've just got to kind of, sometimes you got to bite the bullet and just say, you know what? All right. If somebody's, you know, riding my tail or whatever, just get over, let them go. If they're in that big a hurry and they're, you know, going to ride. Cause sometimes you're just like, all right, you want to go that fast? I'm going to slow down, you know, and I've, I've, trust me, I've played those games before. And then sometimes I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what are you going to do? Like, what, what are you doing? At the end of the day, how will this all, you know, end? So you don't want to put yourself in a predicament there to where it can end badly. And, uh, you know, there are crazy stories. We've seen them uh, here in the Vegas Valley. We've seen shootings over road rage. We've seen different things that have happened, and not just here in Nevada, uh, throughout the country. And throughout the world, yeah, so, and and just just to yeah. take it back to sports, by the way, um, the, all this stuff that's going on, and you see all the crazy things that are happening with traffic here in the city, and especially down around the Strip area, and that Tropicana exit that just seems like it's taking forever down there. Uh, can I? I don't know what it would take to convince the A's and this city to not put that stadium down there on Tropicana. There are so many great places you could put that stadium and develop a new area of the city, do something really special. You could build a baseball complex around that thing and have baseball teams coming in from across the country for tournaments. We see it you know, in so many other sports now that teams are coming out here to play. You know, Do something cool like that. But don't, you know, the, the greed of everybody to put that stadium down there on the Tropicana is on that corner especially there's more uh, projects that are going to be happening down that way. Stupid. That's just dumb. That is dumb. I'm sorry, but I don't know. I don't know what we can do, but that stadium should not be going down there on Tropicana. No way. Well, you drive this whole city. You, uh, you know, the traffic, that's for sure. You know, all the, uh, uh, the side roads inside out and how to get from here to there. But yeah, it's been, been a little bit crazy. Yep. So please guys, Please be smart out there. If you're driving right now and you're thinking about doing something dumb, just think twice. We all, we all want to get home. So there you go. There you go. All right. Uh, take our final break of the evening. Come back. Uh, get to some baseball overnights. Do not forget the biggest baseball game tomorrow will be that Little League World Series game. High noon. Henderson Little League gets underway. Looking forward to them getting off to a good start. So proud of those young men making it there. And, again, missing school, I'm sure uh, – Parents are just like, you know, okay, you'll catch up. No problem. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. 
And right now the kid's making the most of it. So we're looking forward to them taking care of business. Touch on the uh, big game coming up in about, mm, about five hours from now. It'll be Australia and England in the World Cup semifinal, the second of two. The other game in the books with Spain knocking off Sweden. And I'll kind of review both of those. We'll get into the baseball overnight. SportsX Radio rolling at you as we do Monday through Friday, 8 to 10 p.m. right here. 101.5 FM Dawn streaming live on that Odyssey app. And don't forget tomorrow, a big announcement for SportsX Radio. And we'll do that live at Steiner's Mark Lawrence flying in tomorrow with his wife, Colleen. And, of course, here for uh, the big weekend over there at the Superbook. Arthur DeCesar is getting back from vacation, so he won't join us tomorrow. He'll come on Friday's football fiasco. Looking forward to that. And Brad Powers will be in studio for Thursday night's show. So we're going to talk a lot of college football. And if you have any questions... You can send them right over there uh, at Ken Thompson 87 at SportsX Radio. Tweet them to me. Let me know anything you want Mr. Powers to answer as far as moving forward as we get ready for college football. It's right around the corner. SportsX Radio, we're going to wrap things up live at PSBR Law Studios, live from Las Vegas, right after these words. Keep it right here. Mark Hoke running the show. Mark Hoke, real quick, what's going on on the Mark Hoke show Sundays? Do you have the uh, lineup solidified, still working on that? We do not have this week's lineup solidified, but we are getting ready for a couple of big events coming up. Uh, AEW All In, that's going to be on uh, Sunday the 27th. And, of course, the Cauliflower Alley Club event's coming up, too, by the way. That's the 28th through the 30th. So if you're a fan of old school or new, man, get get your CAC membership. It's it's 25 bucks for a year, and you'll be able to go down and check all this out. They're doing great seminars, like JBL's going to be doing a seminar. Uh, CM Punk's wait, receiving wait, wait. award, all wait, sorts wait, of stuff. JBL. JBL, the guy that called you on the type 3 diabetes? No, that's MJF. Oh, God. <laughs> no. Dang it, man. No. I, I, I'd have gone. I mean, I'm there. JBL's I, meaner than MJF. <laughs> so, so you know, I'm sure I'll get to talk to JBL down there. We're going to be doing some. Uh, MJF. This is great. Yeah. Is. <laughs> yeah, you got to look up JBL. He's Okay. He's an interesting character. I'm sure. But, but uh, a lot of MJF but, was pretty interesting too. Yeah, MJF's a great guy. Uh, you know, but it, it's going to be a terrific event. And the one thing about the Cauliflower Alley Club is that organization helps out people that have been in the the pro wrestling industry that have fallen on hard times. So it's it's just a $25 donation. You can donate more if you want to if you go to caulifloweralleyclub.org, but you know, that's your chance to go down and and rub elbows with you know, you know, there's going to be a lot of your old time guys down there, so it's it's really a blast, and I'm looking forward to going to that event for the first time. And and when is that, and where is it, so that people can go? It is at the Plaza, okay, uh, 20 through the 30th, and the banquets are in the evenings on Tuesday and Wednesday, where they're going to be giving out all their yearly awards. It's it's an awesome event, and like I said, the organization's in their 57th year, so can't begin to tell you how much fun that's going to be. So. You know, get your get a membership so you can at least go down there. And if you want to go to the banquet, it's a, like one hundred twenty five bucks for the banquet. Good stuff. And uh, you never know, maybe SportsX Radio ends up down there. Yeah, maybe that would be fun. That would be fun. I would I would very much enjoy that. But yeah, by the way, if you missed last week's show, Tracy Murray was on, and we had a blast with Tracy. He knows his he knows his uh, yeah, wrestling. Huh? He does, and uh, you know he's a member of the Bone Street Crew, which was like the Undertaker's gang that would you know they. The Domino's boys, they played Domino's, uh, him and Rikishi and Yokozuna and Savio Vega and all those guys. And uh, we had an absolute blast with Tracy on the show. Uh, we also had Jenny Santana on here who runs Infinite Wellness LV in Las Vegas. And she's 
does the backstage interviews for uh, future stars of wrestling. And Ken, they had some, uh, they and David had some fun at my expense. Again. There's there's a video up right now. Like MJF had? Uh, yeah, it might be worse. The last no, YouTube clip. be worse. The last YouTube <laughs> clip that I just put up, uh, okay. Jenny does all sorts of very you know great services. I mean, like stem cell, stem cell stuff, um, massage therapy, cryotherapy, Botox and everything, and uh, hair restoration helps out with uh, ED, which I did not bring that topic up, but my co-host did. Okay. So you might want to check that clip out on the Marco Show YouTube channel and yeah. enjoy that at my expense. Well, I'd like MJF to hear the clip as well. So he Oh, can... no, I don't. We're not going type 3 diabetes <laughs> and ED. Ken Thompson, shame on you. Oh, it's awesome. Shame on you. Oh, that guy, that, that's a guy I got to get in studio, though. Yeah. MJF, man, we got to get that guy in studio. That, that would be fun. One of the greatest sound bites of all times. If you didn't hear it, <laughs> Mark Oak will cue it up for you. We're live from Vegas. We'll wrap things up. PSBR Law Studios on a fat Tuesday. Keep it right here. We'll get to some of those baseball overnights. We'll finish up, and I'll give you the lowdown on that Australia-England game. Who will KT pick? It should be a good one. We'll talk about it when we get back to wrap things up on a fat Tuesday. You're listening to SportsX Radio 101.5 FM Dawn, streaming live on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Live from Vegas, coming right back. Bye-bye, love. Bye-bye. I think I'm gonna cry. Bye bye, love. Bye bye, sweet caress. Hello, emptiness. I feel like I could die. Bye bye, my love. Goodbye. The Everly Brothers uh, to close here. Mr. Marco, good stuff. A little bye bye, love, as we wrap things up on a fat Tuesday. KT Live, PSBR Law Studios with Mark Oak and. Uh, uh, just about everything over now. Baseball, in fact, everything is over. 82-63, New York, big second half, beat the Las Vegas Aces handily. Nice effort there by the Liberty. San Fran, 7 nothing final behind Jacob Junis. Knock off Tampa Bay at home, 10-3. to The Orioles got things going. Got a field goal late after a touchdown and a field goal for the Padres. 10-3, but the O's will bounce back tomorrow. Uh, let me see, 10-8, to eight, Seattle did hold on in 10 innings and beat Kansas City, squandered a three-run lead in the ninth, but get the win 10-8. to eight. And uh, that is it, Dodgers, 6-2 to two over Milwaukee, as that held up, and they get the win as well at Dodger Stadium. So everything else final. We gave you all those scores earlier as far as Major League Baseball. Uh, tomorrow, got some early action of uh, Avedo. Uh, for Pittsburgh against McGill for the Mets. McGill minus 126.9 the total. Uh, Sassoni going for Arizona against Gomer at Colorado. It is uh, Sassoni is minus 130, 12.5. Milwaukee will throw Wade Miley the lefty against Kershaw. Kershaw minus 238 the total. That's a late game. So you have a 10-10 a.m. game with Pittsburgh and the Mets. 12-10 just after noon, but we'll be watching the Henderson Little League then, so we won't be paying much attention there. Uh, early game. Chris wins Tigers, Reese Olsen against Kenta Maeda at Minnesota. It is the Twins minus 198.5, the total. Detmers for the Angels at John Gray. That'll be a 5.05 start there from Arlington. Gray minus 189, the total. Luis Castillo, KC undecided, so no line out as of yet. Sam Fran, uh, they're undecided, so no line out as of yet with Savali going for 
Tampa Bay, Houston and Miami, Verlander and Lazardo. It'll be Verlander minus 134, seven and a half year total, according to the Westgate Superbook. Cleveland with Syndergaard, uh, Abbott there for Cincinnati, Cincy minus 178, 10 the total. Hard to lay that the way the Reds are not hitting right now. St. Louis and Oakland, uh, Cardinals minus 199 and a half, Paxton for Boston, Mackenzie Gore there for Washington, Paxton minus 174 on the road, nine the total. Nolan Gausman, good one there. Philly at Toronto, Gausman minus 154, eight the total. Yankees undecided, Charlie Morton goes for Atlanta, and he's better than a two-to-one favorite in that one with a total of 10. And Baltimore, Kramer against Snell, good matchup here. Blake Snell, a big favorite, minus 162, and rightly so. He's been pitching outstanding ball, but Baltimore's been key in a lot of these spots where they've been decent-sized dogs. Hard not to take a team 28 games over 500. Uh, that's playing as well as they are right now. So I may look at Baltimore there. Eight is your total in that game. And uh, that is it outside of the game coming up with England and Australia. And I will just tell you, some of these ladies' soccer games have been outstanding. I know the U.S. got knocked out, but the uh, uh, the England win in their last game was very, very good. And the Australia game was absolutely phenomenal. They won 10 penalty kicks and were able to come up big. Just a, a lot of fun watching some of these games, and this will be one, you know, with England and Australia going at it. And I will say, this English team, uh, Earps, the uh, goaltender, was a little shaky in the last game, but I love some of their players. Lucy Bronze, the steady veteran. She's been around for a while, 31 years old. Uh, Millie Bright, this girl's 5'10", 168. She looks like she'll kick your ass. I mean, I'm just telling you, she's got that grit, that face, and just like, you know, she's got her hair up, and she's just ready to throw down. She is tough. Alex Greenwood, like watching her play. Uh, good-looking gal and Rachel Daly, and she can flat-out play as well. Uh, Lauren Hemp got the game winner, or actually got the game equalizer when they trailed 1-0 uh, in their last game. And then Alicia Russo got the game winner. And uh, that was just another outstanding game. So uh, that was against Columbia. And a re- really fun game. I have a feeling that Australia is going to ride the crowd. But it's going to be tough because this England team's a veteran squad. Now, Australia's got some players in their own right, and their goaltender, uh, Mackenzie Arnold, was absolutely phenomenal. And she actually went for a game winner in the penalty kick shootout. If she made it, she would have had, the, uh, of course, the big saves and, and also the game-winning goal. But she hit the uh, goalpost and missed it and ended up winning a little bit later. The gal that won it was Courtney Vine, who was a starter, but then relegated to the bench, came on late. Uh, in regulation and then ended up playing the extra time and was the last one to get the game winner uh, in the shootout, in the penalty shootout. But they've got some players as well. Sam Kerr, the veteran who's been banged up, and she's their best player of all time. She has stepped up nicely as well. So it's a fun matchup. Uh, Both teams have a lot of star power, and I'm just telling you, that crowd will be rocking and rolling there in Australia, and that'll go at 3 a.m. So if you're not going to make it up, Tape that sucker. Don't forget Henderson Little League at noon tomorrow. And, of course, SportsX Radio right back here live at Steiner's Pub. Mark Oak will be back here, and I'll be at Steiner's Pub. Mark Lawrence will join me in person. Andy Isco will make it out there as well. Should be a lot of fun and looking forward to it. Till then, you know the rules. No drinking and driving, no texting and driving. Most of all, God bless our troops. God bless you. Live from Vegas, SportsX Radio, 101.5 FM Dawn streaming live on that Odyssey app. Thanks to Pete Arbogast. Thanks to Kevin Bollinger. Thanks to Mark Hoke. And thanks to you, the listeners. God bless, folks. Talk to you tomorrow night. Good night, everybody.